0: The book of Proverbs, chapter 3, starting at verse 5. Book of Proverbs, chapter 3, starting at verse 5. And would everyone please stand for the reading of God's word? Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6. Amen. Amen. Trust in the Lord Mm. with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. Mm. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Amen. And this This day, I want to speak with you for a few moments from the thought. How can the man or woman of God find his or her true focus? Amen. How can the man or woman of God find his or her true focus? Amen. Thank you for standing in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The book of Proverbs part of the section of books of the Bible of the genre poetry. The book of Proverbs, uh, the book of wisdom, if you will, from Solomon, who was given this wisdom by God. These are principles and precepts that we can use to live wise lives. Amen? And the the Bible, the the book of Proverbs also bring some promise, but really, in true listen, it is a it's a way of living. It's 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 wisdom spoken so that we can understand how to live wise and godly lives. Amen. And so here is Solomon here in the third chapter, which we will find three exhortations in verses five. And six. The first exhortation is to trust. And not just to trust anybody or anything, but trust the Lord. See, so many times we may trust in our jobs and the ability for them to be there. Sometimes we might trust in our husband or wife's ability to take care of us. Sometimes we might trust in even our own abilities and our own knowledge, our own historical uh, experiences and victories. But I'm telling you, in this world, none of that will stand up Completely, you must stand up with one, you must trust in one that can never fail. Because our wisdom will fail. Our husbands or wives will fail if they want to or if they don't. It's appointed unto man wants to die. Amen. Folks, we're going to leave here. And so you trust in people who are temporary. Job says a man born of a woman's life is what? Short. Amen. So we must realize that we cannot trust in the creation. We must trust in the creator because the creator is the only one who's everlasting to everlasting. The creator is the only one who has all power in his hand. The creator is the only one who knows all things and does everything well. The creator is the only one that can be in all places all the time. Now, if you want to trust In somebody, that's who you want to trust in. Because sometimes you can call your husband or your wife and they can't get to you. Sometimes you might try to get access to your bank account, but the bank is closed. Sometimes you might look up under your pillow and try to get your money there, but it's not enough. And sometimes you don't even have the health yourself to trust in your own wisdom. Amen. Because our minds are weak. They're much weaker than we think because the world makes us think that the bright minds of this world are so powerful. But it doesn't take but a little shaking up to have us crawling up walls and on all fours eating grass. You can ask Nebuchadnezzar about that. Because when he thought he was so powerful and he was so this and that and that he read his own clippings, the Lord showed him something. Had him out there in the fields with long fingernails and eating like grass, like a beast of the field. And God is letting us know how feeble we are. So creation, trusting in Him is not going to work. The exhortation is the trust in the Lord. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should die. And the Lord, in his nature, there is no deceiving in him. Amen? So we have to trust In the Lord and trusting in the Lord, trust on the substantialness of the Lord. What we do is we trust on the Lord through his expression and his power. And in order to understand what the Lord has said about how we are to operate, we must be in the word. Because the word of God is the expression of the mind of God. If you want to know how to walk right and how to talk right, it's in the word. You can't get past this word. Man wants to get past this word. As the Bible says, professing himself to be wise, he became a fool. Because he thought in himself he could find all wisdom, but all wisdom only comes from God. The Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God because he gives liberally. See, we don't be looking to other folks for wisdom. You look to the source. And that is our Lord. So in our trusting, we're leaning and depending on God to be everything we need. We understand that as John said, without him, we can do nothing. God is everything. Amen. The Bible says in John, in the Gospel of John, the beginning says, In and beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And there was nothing that was made was not made by him. And it goes on to the 14th verse and said that the word became flesh and it dwelt among us full of grace and truth. The only begotten the word. So the word became flesh and the word was God. So the word was Jesus Christ become flesh. And this word is the express mind of God. So if you want to know how God thinks and you want to know how to trust him for your life, you got to be in the word. But you can't just be hearers or readers of the word only, but you got to be doers. Because trust manifested and demonstrated comes out of action. You can't talk about what you know. You got to live it. And James lets us know that if we try to Just be hearers and readers only. If we just do it like that, then we have a faith that is dead. And when you have a faith that is dead, you have a faith that does not exist. And God said through his writer of Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 around verse 6. So if you're going to be pleasing to God, you got to live by faith. If you're going to live by faith, you got to... Read his word and you can't just stop there. You got to do it. And then in doing his word, then you trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. But that doesn't stop there. It also goes on to exhort and lean not. When we look at our text, we see before we move into lean not, we see trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, what we want to do sometimes is trust in the Lord in one area and trust in ourselves in others. See, it's so easy to get caught up in stuff we have learned in this world. It's so easy to get caught up in what's the chatter of how we're to go about getting things done. Sometimes we get caught up in governmental chatter that says, oh, look to the government and they'll do this or do that for you. Oh, we need this legislation or that legislation in order to live better. But God is saying, I'm all you need. Amen. The government is on my shoulder. See, the government can do no more than God allows. And if the government, which some of us trust in, is on his shoulders, wouldn't it be better to just go past the middleman and go right to the Lord? Amen. Amen. And so God wants all of our heart. He doesn't want part of our heart trusting in him, the other one in government, the other one in people, the other one in things, but all in him. When you will become kingdom citizens, that's one of the attributes of a kingdom citizen that we show the world that we trust truly and wholly in our hearts when God. We don't trust in all these other things. We don't trust in cultural norms. We don't trust in that kind of thing. We trust in the Lord. Though things change in the Lord, God says, I change not. So we keep trusting in him the way we did before anything changed. And that makes us a peculiar people because the world goes with the flow. But we go in whom we know who is the Lord. And so when we look at our text, it says, and lean not on your own understanding see we we just looked at that in our trust because what can happen is we can get educated huh we we can we can get the opportunity to matriculate through the hallowed halls of academia and then we start to Believe our own clippings. We started to believe that because now we got a degree on the wall that we are somehow, somewhere now wiser than the next man. Somehow now we can start to lean on our own understanding. Amen. But that's what happened with those of, of the Grecian world who who they leaned on their own understanding. They professed to themselves being wise, but they came, became fools. See the wisdom of this world is foolishness with the law. I mean, the wisdom of this world says, pick up yourself by your own bootstraps. Yeah. Uh, you got to make it happen for yourself. And if it, if it means running over somebody in order to do it, you got to take care of yourself. But the wisdom of God says, "Uh, uh-uh, put yourself last and put others first. Because he says, the first shall become last and the last shall become first. So those who put themselves last here become first in the kingdom. Those who put themselves first becomes last. It is 100 degrees, 180 degrees opposite of the world. That's why we can't lean on our own understanding because our own understanding is too close to the world. Amen. Amen. And so we got to watch that. We got to watch our education because our education can turn us into educated fools. Because education and knowledge does not mean wisdom. Wisdom only comes from the Lord. Amen. 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 And so as I I finish up this little text that we've got today, we've got a third exhortation. And that is to acknowledge. To acknowledge. And verse 6 says, And in all your ways, acknowledge Him. And it comes with promise, and he shall, what? Direct your paths. Now, I don't know about you, but I've tried in my life to do things my own way. I've tried to be something myself, and all I did was got myself in more trouble. I should have been walking in the city, but I was walking in the wilderness. I should have been on the straight and narrow, but I found myself in the thickets. Because my wisdom, my understanding, gets me in a whole lot of trouble. Amen. And then when I try to acknowledge myself, all I'm doing is setting myself up for failure. Amen. Because when you start puffing yourself up and saying, I this and I that, the devil is watching real carefully because he knows that pride comes before a fall. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And he's the one who sets you up. And the other thing is that the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen. He gives grace to the ones who see themselves less and not more. But when you trust in yourself, the Lord says, all right. All right, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, you got yourself under control. I'm going to let you have yourself. Amen. And that's the last thing you want to do is let the Lord say to you, okay, you can have it. Because you don't want it. You might think you want it, but this world will show you that you really don't want it. You want it to be in the hands of the Lord. Amen. And so we look at this text and it says, and acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Put him up on the pedestal. Get yourself down because we're not worthy of that level, but God is. God will never be anything but perfect. He'll never be anything but holy. He'll never be anything but majestic. He'll never be anything else but miraculous. He'll never be anything else than all that we could ever imagine and more. So we can put him up there because he can handle it. Amen. And we must understand that he is the creator and we are the creation. See, what ends up happening is that they end up worshiping the creature rather than the creator. See, a lot of times we end up worshiping other folks and people and things instead of worshiping God. And we forget to acknowledge him. But see, that's another state to get yourself set up. Because when all that stuff is gone, then where will you be? Because when you start to acknowledge and worship cars and houses, houses will break down. Houses will fall apart. Storms will come in and tear them away. Cars will rust. People will die. Amen. But God will live forever. Amen. And so we've got to get back to making sure that we put God first, that we acknowledge him in all our ways. Don't let folks set you up, because folks will set you up. They'll be like, ooh, Sister Dealwood, you did so good. Ooh, you are just everything. Oh, and then you would, thank you, thank you. And then, but you send it up to the Lord. Because folks try to set you up that way sometimes, flattering you and setting you up. So once you get to believing it, they'll set up a trap for you so you can fall. But that ain't nothing but our enemy. He wants us to get puffed up so he can tear us down. The higher we are, the harder we fall. Amen. So we got to watch him. He's cunning in all his ways. And that's why we got to be so quick to give God the glory. We got to be so quick to send up the praises to him. Because in reality, without him, we can do what? Nothing. And that means nothing. Amen. And so as we look at our text, God says, if you acknowledge me through Solomon, he said, if if you acknowledge him in all your ways, that God will come in and he will direct your paths. That's good news, y'all. Because this world is full of minefields. It's full of traps and thickets. It's full of vines and, and, and things that can encumber you and choke you out you need somebody you need a tour guide that can see through all of that mess you can you need a tour guide that can keep you from stepping on a minefield that can keep you from getting in the lion's way you need the lord because when man's gotten done looking all he can do he's still missing stuff but not the lord see it's good for the lord to direct your path Uh, uh david said he is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He said, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Listen to what David said, though. He said his word. And we understood from John that in the beginning was the word. Uh-huh. That word in the Greek is logos, the mind, the express expression of God and so David understood the connection between the word that he was reading with the word of God he understood that the word that became flesh and the word that they were tied together that was the expression of God so David said when I get your expression when I understand your mind God you become a lamp unto my feet so every step that David made He could see each step of his life. He was a lamp unto his feet. But he didn't stop there. He said he was also a light unto his path. Not only was God leading him and guiding him every little step of the way, but God was shining the light down the path that he could see down the road some to where he was going as he stepped through the things of life. Amen. See, God will not only give you every step, but he will also show you some things down the road Amen. so that you don't make the mistakes that others make who doesn't have the light of God. Amen. 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 And so what God says, if you acknowledge me, if you put me where I'm supposed to be in your life. Then by promise, I will direct your path. I will direct your footsteps. I will see and I will set your direction. Amen. Because what we know about the paths of life is that wide is the path to destruction. Amen. But narrow is the way to life and peace. Narrow is that path. And you must strive to enter in at the gate. But the Bible says hell has enlarged herself because of the hardness of men's hearts. So we need to what? Let the Lord direct our path. Because we don't want to end up on easy street. And end up like that man uh, or that rich man who was crying out for somebody to dip their finger in the water and cool his tongue. For he was tormented in the flame. Now we want to be like the man Lazarus who was in Abraham's bosom. Amen. Amen. We want to be like the thief that was on the cross that said to Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said, this day you shall be with me in paradise. Amen. But that's when he directs. Your past. Amen. Amen. He'll send you where you need to be. And as we talk about this Jesus, Jesus looked down at humanity and he saw how humanity was going every direction except in the will of God. Even in Noah's day, it said that the hearts of men were evil continually. Their thoughts were evil and wicked all the time. And God said that my spirit won't strive with them forever. After 120 years, there was coming a judgment and it was going to rain. It was going to rain so hard that everybody was going to be dead except Noah and his family. But God blessed that It would not ever be, the earth would never be destroyed again by rain. And he put his rainbow in the sky as a sign that that wouldn't happen again. But he does let us know that one of these days that earth is going to be destroyed again and it's going to be by fire. For everyone and everything that have decided that they don't need God's trust. They don't, they don't need to trust in God or lean on Him. They don't need to acknowledge Him. There is a place. But you don't be caught in that place. Mm-hmm. You realize that Jesus Christ came to prevent that from happening. He saw the, the issue of the human condition. And then the father said, son, would you go? And he said, make me a body. The Lord made a body for him and he came down. Mm. Through 42 generations was born of a virgin wrapped in swaddling clothes and that he was laid in a manger because there was no room in the inn. I believe Jesus was out there on the outside, on the bottom so that no matter where we are in life that Jesus would understand how low you can go. Because no place you can go so low that Jesus can't pick you up. But it didn't stop there. The Bible lets us know that he lived and he taught and he loved and he healed. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He gave the dumb to talk and the lame to walk. He gave those who could not hear hearing so they could hear the sweet sound of the Lord. See, that's what he does. He opens up blinded eyes. He restores sight to those who cannot see. And every born again believer in this house must be a witness to the very fact that I was once blind, but now I see. Praise the name of the Lord. But the story didn't end there. That Jesus understood that there was a payment for the sins of the world. Every sin that we have committed, it has a payment. And the penalty was death. Everlasting death in hell. But Jesus loved us so much that he decided that he would take our place. The one who knew no sin became sin for us. And on one Friday evening Outside of the walls of Jerusalem There's a place called Gargoth's Hill The place of the skull Outside that place Jesus died for you and for me He died, he put on my sins And your sins And he tacked them to himself And they crucified him And he died And at the ninth hour He laid his head in the locks of his shoulders And he gave up the ghost For you and for me But the story doesn't end now Because they took him down off of that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb he stayed in that tomb three days and three nights Mm -hmm. but early Sunday morning. Early, he got up with all power in his hand. I'm so glad he did because I know that death is not final. Now he can say, oh death, where is thy victory? Oh death, where is thy sting? Because Jesus got up that we shall get up in that great getting up morning. I'm so glad that when I die, I will not utterly die but I shall be raised. And when I am raised, I shall be changed and I shall be caught up in the air in that great coronation in the everlasting by and by. We shall reign with Jesus forever. Ain't that good news, saints? And so today I want to say, if there is anybody here who does not know him in the pardon of their sins, you can get to know him today. Don't you go any further without trusting in the Lord. Don't you go any further without leaning on him. Don't you go any further without acknowledging him so that he can set you on the right path. Because all who do not are on that wide path, that easy street that will lead you to eternal damnation. You don't want to be there. You're going to be on that narrow way. Amen. With the Lord, you can get to know him today. The doors of the church are open. Come to Jesus. The doors of the church are open. get to know him today. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we bless your name, Master for another day in your word. Lord, thank you for the saints of God who thought it great to come out to the house of prayer, to be with one another, to support one another. Amen, to love on one another. Lord, thank you for New Zion as a whole, oh God. Lord, continue to bless us, Lord, and to continue to create in us clean hearts, oh God, that we might not sin against thee. Lord, bind us together closer that one cannot be seen for the other. And Lord, keep us on this mission field. Lord, keep us pressing forward. Master, because, Lord, at the end of the day, Lord, we don't want to miss not one opportunity to be all that you would have us to be. So, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you bless the offering that we're about to give. Lord, bless the tithes. Lord, that they be used for kingdom building, Lord. For all of the things that's in your will, O oh God, Lord, we ask these things. Lord, direct us and correct us, Lord. Keep us moving forward, Lord. Lord, we want to be all of the potential, all the kinetic that this place can be, oh God, that this church as a group can be, Lord, in changing the atmosphere. Lord, thank you right now in the name of Jesus for what you've already done. But Lord, thank you in the name of Jesus what you're doing. And thank you in the name of Jesus what you're going to do. Lord, thank you for all things in the blessed name of Jesus. We ask all these things and the whole church saying, Amen.